Amen, amen. How's everybody doing this morning? That's that one more time. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah. Amen. I'm glad you guys are alive. I remember there was an old, an old deacon back in the day that told me that anything dead ought to be buried. And so I believe that we are alive and well. If we have voices to use this morning, I believe we should use those. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So, hey, listen, I, my name is John Miller. I'm the associate pastor here at Grace Point Church. Uh, pastor Rich and Miss Donna are away today. They're actually celebrating their 31st wedding anniversary. And so I know they're going to go back and listen to this, listen to this message. So on the count of three, uh, we're going to say happy anniversary, Pastor Rich and Miss Donna, okay? On the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Amen. I know they are going to love that. And so, um, listen, if you have the Bible app, we actually have our notes. It's actually on um, the YouVersion Bible app. If you go actually in there and, and hit, um, I believe it's um, events, and there's going to, no, I think it's other or something. Yeah, look, look, look right there. That's what, you, that's what you're going to do. And so we actually have our notes on there. And so we've been in a sermon series, uh, Pastor Rich has, for the last three weeks. I believe this is the fourth week called God With Us, God With Us. And so what we're going to talk about today is God with us always. How many of you guys know that he's with us always? Amen. Amen. Uh, and so what I want to do first uh, before we actually... Um, Jason, do we have our fasting video? Okay, so uh, starting in January, January 7th through the 11th, our um, body of churches, the local or the, the, the national body that we're under is called Every Nation. Uh, all of the churches that we're going to, they're going to get together and we are going to fast from January 7th to the 11th. We're going to pray the same thing. We're going to go over the same curriculum. And so I want you guys to watch this short video just really quick. Amen. So I said previously, uh, that actually starts January 7th through the 11th, and we hope that you guys would join in with us. Uh, Pastor Rich mentioned last week that we have all of those guides. Um, actually, we're also on this, on this campaign where we're trying to um, um, raise funds and money to get some of our international leaders and pastors in to come to our, our um, world conference, actually, in 2019. And so our goal is, I believe, to reach $5,000 to help them to get here. And listen, that, that's just the way God does. He wants everybody to be involved. He wants everybody to have an opportunity uh, to come, to be a part of a family, to learn more of Jesus. And so um, for those guys, I believe Pastor Ritz said last week we have those for $5, and he doesn't want you to give him the money. He wants you to put the money in our clear jars right back there. And that's all the money that we're going to send to every nation so they can send it to get those international uh, pastors and leaders here. Amen. So we hope that you would do that. Uh, today's a, a, a weird kind of Sunday for me because I'm not moving around. I'm sitting down. And so this is going to be very hard. I'm probably going to get up and my wife's going to give me the stink eye. I know she is. So just expect me to be getting up and sitting down at the same time. And so I had foot surgery on Monday. Uh, it, it's getting better. Uh, and so um, I don't like this, but, but I'm here, but I'm here. And so 
Um, before we move on, I have actually, we have actually a couple of pretty good guests here this morning, and they probably don't want me to recognize them, but I'm going to do it anyway because I love them so much. And so we actually have the associate pastor here from City Life Church in Houston, Randy. Randy, wave your, wave your hand. And his family, his wife Eleanor, raise your hand. And we even have Alethea Savannah here with us. And so they're from our sister church in, in, um, in Houston. Definitely grateful for you guys being here. And so, man, I'm, I'm excited for this word. You guys ready to hear it? And so today we're talking about God with us always. Uh, Pastor Rich covered in the, in the previous weeks, he talked about God with us in the wilderness, uh, God with us in the valley, and God with us in the storm. If you wasn't here, please go to our website and listen to those messages. Man, they, they were so good. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about God with us always. And I'm going to try to bring this message in a way that I think everybody's going to enjoy it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to tell a story. I'm not a good storyteller, but I'm going to tell a story of the Bible. And so that should be good to anybody. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually present it in a way of using today's language. But everything that I say is scriptural, it's biblical, and I promise you guys I'm not a heretic. Amen. And some of the things that I'm going to say, uh, I'm, God's going to say something and Jesus is going to give a response. And some of the scripture are going to be up there so you can go back and proof text me, text me. I always tell people that it's one thing to have faith, but it's another thing to, have, to be faithful. Faith tells me. John, I believe everything that you're saying. But faithfulness says, listen, brother, I believe you. However, I'm going to go and check for myself. So I want all of you guys to be faithful and go back and proof text everything that I say. Don't just take my word for gospel because I'm human and I can make mistakes. However, if I do make a mistake, let me know. Come back. I did it before the church. I will come before the church and say, listen, I messed up. I made a mistake. Forgive me, and we'll move on from there. Amen? That's just, that's just who I am. And so let's get into the scripture. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. And it reads like this. It says, reading from the NIV version, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she, found to be preg- she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for wrapping him up in flesh and sending him to live and to dwell among us. Father, that's the greatest story ever told. And I pray that we would always know that you're always here. You're with us through the valley. You're with us in the wilderness, God. You're with us through the storm, God. You are with us always, and we thank you. God, we give you praise, glory, and honor. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. So when we hear this story uh, in uh, the book of Matthew chapter 1, verses 18, 18 through 23, it's actually talking about the incarnation of Jesus 
Some of us may have never heard that word before, or we may not even know what it means. Uh, Incarnation just means that Jesus put on our flesh and blood, and he became fully human, although he was also fully God. He left his, 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 his place in heaven to come and live with us so that we would have a Savior, so that we could have an opportunity to return to heaven with him. That's what he did. There was no other way, no, no, nobody else that could have done this except for him. And so I, I'm going to actually go to our main source of information that is always true called Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm glad you guys got that joke. But, but they had a, 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 a really good definition of the incarnation, and it says this. It says, in Christian theology, the doctrine of the incarnation holds that Jesus the pre-existent divine logos, logos mean, meaning word, and the second hypostasis of the Trinity, God the Son and the Son of the Father taking on human body and human nature, was made flesh. Conceived in the womb of Mary, the Theodicus, Theodicus just means God-bearer or the mother of Jesus, the mother of God, God-bearer. The doctrine of the incarnation then entails that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully human, his two natures joined together in this hypostatic union. That's a lot of stuff, isn't it? That whole thing just said this. Jesus left heaven, wrapped himself in bodily form, came to earth to live with us to save us. That's what it says. But they say stuff to be so big to just confuse people when they could have just said that. Jesus came, came to earth. And so it leaves us to dissect all of that and to make sure that you know exactly what that means. And so all of this actually makes sense. The incarnation of Jesus actually makes sense. Whenever we read John 1, 1, and then John 14, all of this shows and tells us that Jesus, who was there with God in the beginning, was fully God as second person in the Trinity, answered the call of God by agreeing to come to earth to live with us. So John 1, 1 says this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That right there lets you know that Jesus was with God in the beginning. He's always existed. Jesus was always there. And then when you go over to verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was always with God. He had a conversation with his father. The father said, I need you to go do something for me. And Jesus answered that call. And so what I want to do is I actually want to tell you a little story about the incarnation of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, and what this means for us. So I'm actually glad you're here to hear this story. So can you actually imagine the conversation that God the Father had with Jesus before he came to earth? Can you think about all the things that God had to tell Jesus was going to happen, why he had to do it? And can you imagine Jesus' thoughts? I I can just imagine Jesus probably saying, look, if that's what I need to do to save these people, that's what I'm going to do. I I don't think that there was ever a question. I don't think that there was ever a doubt. Uh, I don't think Jesus ever asked why I got to be the one to do this. Because why? Because he was God. He was the son of God. He had the power of God. He has the mind of God, he knows what needed to be done. And so I can, I can imagine that, that the story and the conversation probably went something a little bit like this. 
And so I'm not going to say what God said and what Jesus said. When I say the answers and read this, you're probably going to know exactly who said. The first one I'm going to tell you who said. This is, and I'm going to put it in today's language so that way we actually understand today and not have all these other words that some of us don't even understand and know what it means. So I'm going to try to translate this in today's language. And so uh, go back and read the scripture for yourself, and I promise you, hopefully, we'll probably say this exact same thing that I'm saying. Maybe not the exact language, but it's going to say this. And so I'm going to read it like this. God says, Jesus, can you come here for a minute? And Jesus answers, sure, Dad. What's up? I have, to, I have a task for you, but it's going to cost you everything if you choose to accept it. Okay. Can I ask what it is? Well, I need for you to go to earth and save the world. I have nobody else who is able to do this. As a matter of fact, I need you to go, but I already have everything mapped out for you already. And Jesus responds with, okay. And so God tells him, he says, look, I've even already selected the woman to be your mother. She's already selected her. Her, her name is Mary. And I think you're really going to like her. Mary is full of faith. Mary is this young girl who lives in Nazareth, and guess what? She's devoted to our will. Mary is pure in every way. She's a virgin and has saved herself for this perfect time. And Jesus responds with this, okay, so since you're my father, are like you coming with me? See, that's the thing, Jesus. I can't come because you have to be fully human, although you're fully God. Mary's husband, Joseph, who she's actually uh, uh, engaged to be married to, is actually going to be your earthly dad. But I'm always going to be your father. You see, Joseph is a stand-up man. Joseph is, is right. He's, he, he's trying his best to do everything that he knows to do. He's going to teach you exactly what you need to do, what you need to know how to be a man. As a matter of fact, Joseph is a carpenter, and he's going to give you the exact trade that he has. But this is the thing, Jesus. When you go there, and although you are going to be the master carpenter, people still aren't going to like you. You're going to present them and create some beautiful pieces for them, but they're still going to hate you. And Jesus responds with this. So do I just like appear on earth or what happens? And God says, no, Mary will actually have to carry you in her womb for nine months. It's like any other earthly pregnancy. You have to be born of a woman in order to fulfill your mission. Most people expect you to be born in a palace, but you won't be. You're actually going to be born in a stable right next to those stinky animals. And Jesus responds, ah, I'm liking the sound of that. Because of how I come to earth. Everyone will know that I came for them, not just for the rich and the powerful, but even for the common and the ordinary. Let me tell you, church, that's us. He came for us. He, he wrapped himself in flesh, was born in a stinky manger right next to the animals just for us. He did this so that we would know that he loved us this much. That he didn't come in pomp and circumstances, proclaim, look, I'm the king, I'm here. No. He came just like you and I. 
so God tells Jesus, he says, listen, he says, before you take your first steps, it's going to get complicated. Because Satan and all his little demons in hell are afraid of you. They are, they want to kill you. And they know that if they allow you to grow up to be the man that you're supposed to be, that his kingdom is no longer going to exist. Your entire family is going to be running for their lives. You will have our dunamis. You, you will have our power, but you won't make many friends. As a matter of fact, your own hometown won't even like you. And Jesus says, so what can I do, Dad? And the father tells him, he says, listen, son. He says, you must stay the course. He says, I want you to go and I want you to heal those blind eyes. I want you to open deaf ears. He says, I, I want you to go and raise the people from the dead. He says, regardless what happens, you forgive people of their sin. He says, and know this. When you do this, although people are getting healed and although sin are being forgiven and although when people die, they're going to come to heaven with me because of you, they're still going to hate you. They're still going to say that you're a hypocrite. They're still going to say that you're nothing but a drunkard and you're a lunatic and they're still going to say that you're dangerous. As a matter of fact, Jesus, this is the funny thing. They're going to say that you and I are enemies. Hmm. But Jesus, you continue to show them my love. You continue to go and touch the lepers and you continue to befriend the prostitutes. Love all those who religion rejects. The more you love, the more they'll hate you. But stay the course. Craig Rochelle said this. He said, love isn't what God does. It's who he is. And so, I, listen, I, 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 I want to pause in that story just for a minute. And I want all of you to know that love is not what Jesus does. It's who he is. It, it, it's part of his character. He can't get away from it. Just like you can't get away from being human. Jesus can't get away from being love. And I, I want you to know that even in this holiday season for some of us who may feel that we're alone, for some of us who may feel that everybody's abandoned me, for some of us who may feel that I'm unloved, Jesus loves you. Jesus came to earth. He left his throne to come and show you that. He, he left his throne and to live 33 years to walk in this mundane world to let you know and to show you that he loves you. He loved you so much, as a matter of fact, that he gave himself up for you. As a matter of fact, he, he, he loved himself so much that he became sin for you. He, he loved himself so much that when father, his father and him were having a conversation, there was one specific thing that, that, that I know probably hurt Jesus. And I'll get to it further, but I'm going to give you a little clue now. As I believe the Father God told him, he says, listen, I'm always going to be there with you. But there's going to be one time where you'll think that I left because I'm God, I'm perfect. And you're going to become sin, and I can't stand in the place of sin. And so at that time, I have 
to turn my back just for a second. Because if I come and I come for you at that time, these people are going to go to hell and they're going to be lost. And so you have to become sin. And at that moment, I have to lift my hands and step back so that you can fulfill this mission. And I believe that God probably went so far to tell Jesus that, listen, when the devil attacks you and he will, you have to fight back with the word. Most of us, when the devil attacks us, we try to fight back with things that we think we know. Or we try to fight back with different ways of, of, of how we fight earthly battles, but that's not how you fight the enemy. If, if Jesus, who was fully God, but was also fully man, if when the devil came to tempt him and he had to fight him with the word, why do we think it to be any less? I, I love to tell people this. I would love for you to know the whole entire Bible. But the reality is, is a lot of us don't. But what I would love for you to really do is whatever you're going through, find out what Scripture says about that. Listen. Listen, listen. God had a conversation with Jesus. And he says, when the devil attacks you, and he will, you have to fight back with the word. He says, Jesus, for instance, whenever I affirm you and confirm you to be my son, whenever I tell you and the heavens open up, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, and everybody sees the, the, the Holy Spirit come down like a dove and fall upon you, immediately the, the, the Spirit's going to send you out to the wilderness. Because you have to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. But rest assured, the devil's going to be there. And whenever he tells you, look, I know you're hungry, man. So if you're really God, won't you just turn these stones to bread? What is the one thing that you can say to him to respond back to him? Jesus' answer will be, oh, I'll just tell him, Matthew 4 and 4. Men shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He says, look, that's good. That's good. He says, look, but, 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 but not, not only that, the devil's going to come and ask you to test me. He, he's going to tell you to, hey, if this is really your father, why don't you throw yourself off of this mountain? Because I believe the Bible says that he will, he, he will, he will get all of his angels to come to protect you, to keep you safe, so that you don't even dash your foot on a stone. And so what can you tell him then? Jesus says, it's also written. Do not put the Lord your God to the test, Matthew 4 and 7. But Jesus, check this out. The devil's going to come and he's going to offer you all the riches of this world. He's going to say, look, if you would just bow down to me, if you would just bow down and worship me. Listen, most of us has life twisted right now because we're doing things and don't even realize that what we're doing is bowing down to Satan is we're going and we're working and we're trying to make money and we're trying to do this and we're trying to have this type of status so people can look at us. But what you're doing is you're really bowing down and worshiping the devil. What if, what if he, now, the only thing the devil didn't do to you is he didn't come to you face to face and say, look, if you bow down and worship me. And so he says, look, whenever he comes to offer you the riches of the world, what are you going to say to him? And Jesus responds with this, Matthew 4 and 10. He says, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I want to ask a question to all of you here. How many times has the devil come in to tempt you with things and you failed to quote the scripture? 
How many times has the devil come and wreak havoc in, in your life and in your family? Instead of reading and quoting what the scripture says, you want to run and you want to say, well, I got to do what I can to try to make this better. When all you have to do is, is realize the power that Jesus has placed on the inside of you. You know, Jesus said, before he ascended to heaven, he says, look, he says, you're going to have the same power that I have when I leave plus some. And I think that a lot of us don't really believe that to be true. I, I think that a lot of us has in our mind that if Jesus, I, I know that you said it, however, I don't believe everything. And so the, the, the question for me that I have for you, from me to you, is, is Jesus Lord of your life? Because if he's not Lord of all, he can't be Lord at all. He wants it all. He wants your thoughts. He wants your speech. He wants your body. He wants your money. He wants your marriage. Jesus wants to take depression. He wants to take your sin. He wants to take your He wants it all. We begin to get in a place of putting ourselves up there with God when we think we can handle things that he says, give to me. That's why he came. He came to be that for you. And he wants you to know that he loves you dearly. And so I believe what Jesus was saying in that last quote was, not today, Satan. Oh, no, it's, 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 it's not going to. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen today. And so God tells Jesus, he says, you guys okay with the story? God tells Jesus, he says, listen, Jesus. He says, this is so serious that even your good friends and disciples are going to betray you. But you love them anyway. He says, the cross is worse than you can even imagine. He says, they're going to beat you until you don't even look human anymore. And they're going to hang you on the cross and put a crown of thorns on your head. And they're going to poke you with a spear in their side. He says, but remember this one thing. I will be always with you until you become sin. And I can imagine Jesus saying, hold up. So you're going to be with me always or you're not going to be with me always? Which, which, which one? Which one is it? And so God says, look, Jesus, he says, I cannot be in the presence of sin. He says, that is why I'm sending you to take my place. You are the only one that can do this. This pain of the cross will be excruciating, and you will cry out to me, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He says, you have to die, son, to complete the task, but you won't stay dead forever. Because three days after you die, they're going to come to the tomb looking for you. And the stone's going to be rolled away. They're going to come to the tomb looking for you, and you won't be there anymore. Jesus says, so, Father, so, 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 this is going to be tough. But I can do it. He says, but before I come back home, can I remind them of their mission? And God says, of course you can, son. And Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God is with us always. Through the valley, God is with you. Through the storm, God is with you. Come hell to high water, God is with you. And I know, I know you're saying, look, John, look, I, I, don't, I don't feel like he's here now. That's where faith comes in. Sometimes we don't feel God, and sometimes it even feels like that he's not there. But it doesn't mean that he's less God just because you don't feel him. What if God was trying to work something in and through you? Remember this. If you feel that God is not there for you, imagine this. God turned his back for a second on his son. The perfect lamb, just so that he could take this sin for us. And so for us to sit there and say, but I don't feel God. Well, can you imagine how Jesus felt while he was on the cross? Can you imagine how Jesus felt through all the excruciating pain that he went through just for you and I? Can you imagine at that one moment that him needing his father to say one thing to him and it was silent? Can you imagine somebody coming to you saying, look. Those people are going to do you wrong. They're going to talk about you. They're going to spit in your face. They're going to spread lies about you. As a matter of fact, they're going to say when you heal somebody that you're casting out demons by Satan. They're going to, do, they're going to say that you and I are enemies. Can you imagine if God came to you and said, Becky, I need you to die for everybody. It's going to hurt. They're going to put you up on the cross. They're going to crucify you. You're going to feel the most pain that you felt in your entire life. There's going to come a time to where you know your time is coming. When you're in the Garden of Gethsemane, you're going to sweat blood, and you're going to ask me, Father, if, if, if there's any other way, please let this cup pass for me. And I'm going to send my angel to come there to encourage you. You still have to do it, because if you don't do it, those people's lives are counting on you. Can you imagine him actually doing that to you? Can you imagine you actually carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders? Can you imagine that all of this, you could have said one word if you wanted to, but you couldn't. Why? Because if I said one word, those people will die and go to hell. Those people will still continue to live in poverty. And, 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 and if I don't do this, if I don't close my mouth and just take this for those people, if I don't do it, they're still going to be living in agony. There's marriages that are, are still going to be broken up because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. They're not going to be able to reconcile if I don't do this. They're not going to be able to get over their depression and their anxiety. And they're not going to be able to get over that if I don't do this one thing. But Jesus said, I'll go. And God asked him a question. He says, Jesus, are you up for this? Yes. He says, why do you want to do it? Because we love them and they need us and we need to show them who we are. We're love. And God says, so Jesus, what is your mission? Jesus says, I got to go and bring them life and bring them life in abundance. So 
Who are you going for? He says, I'm going not for the righteous, and, 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 but I'm going for the sinners. I'm not going for the healthy, but I'm going for those who are sick. I'm going for those who need me. Why are you going? Because just like sheep, they are lost without a Savior, without a shepherd. And I have to go because I am the good shepherd, and I will lay down my life for my sheep. I must show them your love. And this is the thing. God could have shouted his love from heaven, but instead he showed us on earth. He could have shouted anytime he wanted to, listen, my people, I love you. But he chose an alternate route. As he chose to leave his throne to come to earth, to walk with us, to talk with us to take on the sin nature for us just in order for us to have an opportunity to be seated in heavenly places with the Father. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God with us. God didn't only come for those who are already blessed, but he came so those who are blessed could rejoice. He didn't only come, he, he came for those who are, who feel alone so that they would know that he is their companion. God came for the sick so that he would, people would know, so that we would know that he is a healer. He came for the lost so that he could be our God. He came for those who are hurting so that he could be our comforter. God came for those who feel weak so that we could be strong. He came for those who feel under attack so that he could be our defender. He came for those who are afraid so that we could have peace. God came for us who are sinners because like sheep, we were lost and in need of a Savior. And the only person that could do that was Jesus the Christ. God is with us always. And listen, family, I want to let you know one thing. Don't ever think that you're alone. Don't ever think that you're by yourself. Don't ever think that nobody loves you because God cares. Don't ever think that it's too hard for you, that you're just too weak, that since your family lived like this, that you're stuck in that same thing. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God came that we might have life and that we might have life more abundantly. Listen, the Bible says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his only options. But Jesus says, but I came so that I could give them life and life more abundantly. I don't know what life that you need, 
But what I do know is that if you need life from Jesus, he says, just tell me and I'll be there. As a matter of fact, I'm walking with you right now. I may not be there now in the flesh, but I sent somebody to be there for you in the name of the Holy Spirit. I sent the comforter there and you're never alone. He's always with you. I know that you hear me talking to you. Just listen to my voice. Sometimes my voice may not be loud enough for you. You may think that the whisper is just your mind, but it's not your mind. The reason that I whisper to you is because I'm close enough to you that I don't have to yell. God can whisper right now and the whole world could hear him. But the simple fact that all he has to do is whisper to you lets you know how close he is to you. The simple fact that he's even telling you and calling you, even in the middle of your sin, lets you know how much he loves you. The simple fact that God told Jesus that I have a task for you, without hesitation, Jesus says, yep, Dad, I'm going to do it, is evident that he's not a selfish God, that he doesn't just want what's best for him, but he wants what's best for you. He wants you to be part of a loving family. He wants you to know that there's people that love you. He wants you to know that just because your family's not there, that you have family that wants to speak into your life, who wants to love you like a son, who wants to be so close to you that you never knew the difference. He wants you to know that. He wants everybody to know that he wants to stick closer to you than a brother. That although your earthly family has left, he's placed the voices and godly people in your place to speak into your life. To call you a son and a daughter. To let you know that you are chosen of the most high God. Jesus said, yes. I'll go. Regardless what you've done. Regardless what you're doing. Guess what? It doesn't change his love for you. I promise if you would just give him an opportunity to show his love, to save you, to bring you out of your sin, to close the lid on that trash can and you never go back to it again. I promise if you would just allow him to change your thoughts, to change your mouth, to change your heart, if you would just understand that the devil tries to make you think that the Jesus of your head is your God when he's really not, really the Jesus of the Bible is our God because the Jesus of our head will tell us that I'm going to love you to a certain extent until you upset me then I'm not going to love you anymore. But the Jesus of the Bible says something completely different. He says regardless what they do to you, because they're going to kick you and they're going to throw stones on you and they're going to place you on a cross and they're going to say that you're stupid, you still love them with the love of Jesus. And that's the kind of love that he's showing you today. He came to earth to be our example but he died to be our Savior. And he just needs you to say yes. So we got all of us to stand. I'm a mess right now. Because I, I realize all that he didn't have to do for me, but he did anyway. 
I realized that he could have said at any moment that he wanted to, look, Dad, I want to come back home. But he chose to stay. I realized that even when I cheated on him, because I did, when I turned my back on him, because I did, when I called him a liar and said he wasn't true, because I've done that, that he still looked at me and said, John, I love you. And some of us now are saying, look, I don't know, I don't know if this story is real. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is probably speaking to you right now saying, just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. And so I want to ask if there's anybody here who feels that you just need that chance from Jesus. I don't want to close without giving you an opportunity to accept him as your Lord and Savior. But I want you to understand, and I don't want to scare you, that once you say yes to Jesus, the devil's coming looking for you. But God has given you strength. And he's given you power through a, broken, through a spoken word. It is written. That will send him right back to the place where he came from. And so listen, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask that you would come forward. Most of us don't like to do that because we don't like to be in front of people. If, if, you, if, if you said that I've accepted him but I've walked away and, and listen, Pastor John, I just want to come back home now. I'm tired of running. I want you to come forward. Even if you're saying that, that, that look, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of on the fence right now. I want you to come forward. Because I believe that God wants to do something in your life and, and through your life. And I believe that he will because he said that he would. So I'm going to ask all of you to just raise your hands and, 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 and as we pray. And Father, I thank you so much. Thank you for being a good God. God, thank you so much for loving us like you do that you saw fit to give up your perfect son, Jesus, to become sin for us. Jesus, thank you for saying yes. You didn't have to do it but you chose to. And so, Father, I pray for each and every household that's represented here today that where questions may arise or, 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 or maybe they don't feel as, as strong in their faith right now, that you begin to strengthen them, that you begin to love them, that you begin to let them know that, God, you are here always, that you are for us and you're not against us. God, that you speak well of us, Father, And that we are your kids. God, you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We are the righteousness of Christ. And Father, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. But we're being perfected. Father, bless us. Heal us. Restore us. God, if you heal us, we'll be healed. 
if you forgive us, we'll be forgiven. If you bless us, God, we'll be blessed. Lord, we love you. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Family, thank you so much. We are, we're going to dismiss you. We have a little closing Christmas song for you guys. I want to remind you guys of a couple of things. Don't forget, January 7th through the 11th, we have our, our fast. And so if you need a fasting guide, please come and find me, talk to me. We'll definitely make sure that you have one of those. Uh, don't forget, our church offices are going to be closed from tomorrow until January 6th, I believe. And then we will, or 7th, then we'll open up after the new year. Uh, if you need anything, most of you have my number. Um, call me, text me, shoot me a message, let me know, and, and we'll get you what you need. Also, for any of you who don't have anywhere to go for Christmas, my family is going to open up my home to anybody who wants to come. And so uh, uh, we don't have a lot, but we have enough. And we'll make sure that we make room um, for each and every one of you. And so uh, on behalf of Pastor Rich and Miss Donna, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We love you, and make sure that we always keep God first. Amen. Family, you are dismissed. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, thanks.